0: People's Poetry Podcast, with me, Jimmy Bowman. Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, welcome, episode four, series four of People's Poetry Podcast. This is the poetry podcast that follows me, Jimmy Bowman, an aspiring poet and teacher alike, as I travel the UK talking to established poets as well as poets who have just taken their first steps into the world of poetry as I try to find out why it is we have just such a love affair with poetry in this country. This is a podcast aimed not just at those who already like poetry but those who've never really considered it before. I want to show you that there's something in the world of poetry. Written for you. Series 4 is the first series in 2020, and what an odd year it's been so far. These certainly are unprecedented times we're living in. I'm, of course, referring to the global pandemic and the spread of coronavirus. However, these strange circumstances have produced some rather wonderful things, many of which involve people turning to and engaging with the arts, as we've seen a boom in virtual workshops poetry recitals and many beautiful conversations about poetry. Series 4 was born out of this positivity and although I enjoy travelling to the poet and chatting to them face to face, I've still been blessed to have four incredibly inspiring and engaging conversations via the magic of Zoom. It's also meant we've crossed over into international waters with ease for the first time in the podcast history. How about that? This episode I spoke to Charlie and Jake who are part of a project called Echoes and Edges. It's a wonderful, wonderful project. And I'm not gonna to say too much more as I want you to hear about it from them. Right, it's my great pleasure today to talk to Charlie and Jake of Echo and Edges. How are you both? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're good, thank you. Good Enjoying too. lockdown. <laughs> if, <laughs> that's if best we that's can. Allowed. Yeah.
0: I suppose with what you do, yeah, you can I can see the studio behind you, so you uh you can still sort of keep going in a, in a weird way, even though you're stuck indoors. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So For people who haven't heard of Echoes and Edges, I mean, I certainly hadn't. And part of the podcast that I love doing, and one of the reasons to do it, is because people like yourselves email me and I get to discover these exciting new projects. So I love discovering new talent. Can you explain to anyone else who's listening what Echoes and Edges is?
1: Echoes and Edges is a collective of um, two musicians, me and Jake, and three poets, Jilly Harris, David Punter and Spikey Tim, Tim Bosper. And we as musicians are responding to their poetry and creating musical worlds around their poems. And we've just released our first Mm -hmm. debut album um, called Glory in the Bone.
0: And you released that sort of right as lockdown happened didn't you at the end mm. of uh, march and i've, I've watched yeah. back i didn't catch the virtual album launch but i've been talking to a lot of people this week who've had book launches that were virtual oh, as well yeah. how was that for you guys sort of launching it virtually to screens rather than uh, people
2: yeah i think we were just very very glad that we were able to do it in some way because mm. we we've been building up to the launch for so long um the album had been it's it's been basically ready since september we'd really like put a lot of effort into making it as big of an event we could and like going all out and getting a really nice venue getting a support act and everything like that and then obviously it was only about a week before that we actually finally said actually no it's not going to be able to happen and then a few days later they they did the full lockdown anyway so um yeah it was it was a, a no go but yeah it was it was just wonderful that we could Figure out some way of doing it, and and still have that sort of collaboration between us and the poets, because obviously normally we we get them to perform live with us, and we'll respond. Even it it is a bit prepared, you know, we have ideas of what's going to happen, but it's still so much so much can happen on the night, and yeah, the 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 way that they respond to us and we respond to their pacing or whatever it is. Um, So we tried to do that with the live virtual version as well by getting them to send in recordings of them performing but obviously they, they weren't responding to us it was sort of a bit of a one-way thing but you know it was it was just wonderful that we were able to do something mm. still and celebrate it and yeah I had lots of great response on the night and quite a few people tuned in and obviously it was still early in the lockdown there so I think we were kind of lucky that it it sort of had that momentum still of like oh my goodness this is a big change but we really, we want to still make life as normal as possible. So going to these sorts of events and, and experiencing that kind of a um, everything that was going to happen anyway, still is happening. And yeah, it was just nice to do that.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose one of the positives as well is that, you know, you, you've got a, a global audience potentially now as well, because people can mm-hmm. go back and, and watch that. People that perhaps couldn't have got to the launch were able to tune yeah. in. So, yeah. yeah.
2: My uncle um, from Australia tuned in. And so it was 6 a.m. for them, or 5 a.m. or something, depending on uh, daylight savings or whatever. But yeah, I I sent it to everyone, all my relatives in Australia, not expecting them to be there live. But yeah, one of the first live chat messages was, Hi, Mark from from, um, (laughs) Melbourne here. It's like, Oh, amazing.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Quite literally the first thing they would have listened to when they got up. So that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But nice way to start the day. I hope so. so this is a really beautiful idea I think it's certainly something and I'm going to ask you uh, a bit later on more about this sort of connection between music and poetry but I think it's something people recognize even if you know they're not massively into poetry that there's a lyrical quality to poetry where did this how did this idea formulate where did it stem from really and how did it you know manifest into the album
1: well we've been working together for um the five of us for quite a few years now maybe about three years and then. Um... It was, uh, we were just put on a charity gig uh, event together and we, we kind of all got talking after the event about doing something all together. So we saw their work um, as individuals and we saw their work and it was just, you know how it is in a, in a, after a live event when you're full of all performance hormones and yeah. you just want to like talk about collaborating and, and things mm. like that. So it just sort of started as it was just a one-off you know, we thought it would be a nice one-off and then and then it just grew from there, really. So, yeah, we've been working together for about three years and what was interesting was the process of taking these pieces that are so improvised and so, as Jake said, like, in the moment, you know, because I'm sure you know, like, when you're performing anything, even if it's the same words or the same chords, whatever, it yeah. always comes out a little bit different, doesn't it? And so getting a final version for the album was such a long tricky process wasn't it to mm. to really mm. um fine tune
0: mm. yeah how long would you say that process took? Because I can imagine, obviously, with so many people involved in a project like that, it must take slightly longer than if if you two were to sort of put out your own album.
2: Um, yeah. Yes and no. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, only talking <laughs> from our own experience, we've also uh, been working on our own um, music material as a duo, and <laughs> that has uh, taken longer. <laughs> but, All right. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. We decided February last year to sit down and come together as a group and and it was actually in this our home studio here so just using what what we had here to spend two weekends recording takes of all these pieces that we worked with them previously on um and yeah just to try and decide like the best ways of doing things do it a couple of times you know the, the usual stuff and then once it was all recorded then it was kind of handed over to us to do the finishing touches and we didn't add so much afterwards but but just making everything sound coherent and working new little bits out that maybe needed a bit more finesse or whatever it was and and then that took till about September I guess yeah so what's that six months or so to yeah but that that's not counting the time writing the songs and everything yeah. and well, yeah. like some of the pieces that we had done from day one of the first collaboration we did together evolved so many times and sort of developed into these quite quite structured pieces that we knew quite well how to do them every time and um that so they had slightly less of the improvisation involved in them but but even still those changed as well actually so Mm. everything has been quite um when i'd listen to
0: the album i mean you, you get totally lost in it and it really does bring a different element to to the words and to the poetry and you do feel totally immersed in it, perhaps more so than if if you did just read a poem because it takes certain poems to I think really grab you by the horns and, and be immersed in it. but having uh, the soundscape behind these poems it didn't matter that you hadn't read them before you, you were sort of thrown in, and I think that was brilliant and but what I kept thinking was how how does how do two people they have these set of words in front of them how how does this happen I, and i suppose what i'm asking is whether you could talk us through the process so you know i've written a poem you get the poem where do you go from there it's hmm.
2: <laughs> a good question yeah it's a great question
3: <laughs>
1: um every everyone every kind of work is is different okay. we often ask for like two to three sentences about uh, the poem a bit of background and then we'll probably get the whoever we're working with to read it to us, how they would read it without any music. So we can hear the rhythm and, and, and meter and things like that. And then probably we'd just, just go
2: for yeah. it. Right? Um, we just get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, 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 certainly the first, um, the first part of the process is, is quite like, whoever has an idea first, right. just begin, just tell it get it out into the into the space where either explaining it or just start playing the instrument that you you're thinking of and then that often is i don't think there's been many times where we've gone for something different than our first instinct yeah um that's interesting
1: one one added uh tool that we have is that jake is from kind of a sound art background and so does lots of like field recordings of sounds so okay um Mm-hmm. often we'll kind of hear about the poem and then it will put on say i don't know like just waves or a river or whatever yeah yeah yeah. that is then another thing that the music can respond to
0: I, th- I think that that was a big part of the listening experience actually the sort of field mm-hmm. recordings um mm-hmm. especially the waves you could hear and I'm, I'm sure you've got uh, seagulls for the, yeah. the, one of the poems called goals yeah. as well which is yeah. brilliant do the poets have much of an input on the sound part of it then well, do you do you sort of have to play them what you've done and you know how how involved were they I suppose as a writer myself that's quite an interesting
1: yeah yeah well we're we're a real team and we we do ask for feedback all the time don't we and mm. we kind of it is it is a real team effort like often we'll come up, Jake and I will come up with the initial idea and we'll run the whole poem as an idea and, and then talk through what, what they liked, what they didn't like. And I think we've, you know, it takes years of, it's like anything, it's like any sort of band. It takes years of getting to know people to know what they'd like, what they wouldn't like, but also uh, how to feedback and, and not feel, you know, how to, that's, it's trust, isn't it?
3: Mm, I think yeah. I think
1: we've built a real sense of, trust and i think that um more often than not they they do love what we've done with it almost immediately don't they Mm. and and often and they really uh trust us to to yeah to respond to their work i think
0: Mm. it must be quite a daunting experience for for everyone involved really because you know poetry is so personal music so personal Mm. and and having say look this is what we've done to your work yeah you Mm. you know you obviously want them to to like it i guess that would yeah, be be the worst yeah. if they turn around and said "Ah, oh, no but no mm, i think yeah. i think i think you've done them all credit as i said another thing i thought as i was listening to it as well i uh, listened to it a few times now it's like each poet on there the three poets kind of by the end of it have their own sound would you think that's sort of a fair assessment mm.
3: Mm.
2: i think yeah definitely it's i mean partly it's in the the poems that we chose to put on the album are they are, are ones that sort of yeah we've worked there's there's um several other pieces that we didn't put on the album just because there wasn't space to put it in there but but also because they the ones that we did choose really fit very nicely together i think there was actually a couple of years ago there was one particular event where we decided to have a theme of water for Mm. half of the night and so that immediately led to you know over half of our poems and pieces and collaborations being themed around water which yeah. which i think drives a lot of the album really mm. but but yeah it's definitely like they're, they're three very different poets um and yeah it's it's led to three very different ways of interpreting their words and working with it although there's there's obviously similarities as well but
1: i think it's all credit to them really mm. for being Being so like brilliantly different Mm, that we mm. can respond, you know. So, for example, Spiky Tim is Mm. so so, his poems are so playful and fun. Mm.
0: They are, yeah,
1: and. and, that's yeah to be able to respond to that with sort of cheeky vocals and double yeah. bass and stuff is just a, a joy the double <laughs> bass
0: rhythmic, it brings it alive i think the double bass some of tim's they <laughs> are, yeah they are they are cool that's another um, amazing element to the album i suppose that you have almost three different well you do have three different poets on there so it's that variety isn't it um yeah it gives it a nice uh, sort of diverse yeah. element what's the yeah. reaction like to the album from, especially from other, other poets and the poetry world because a lot of people imagine the poetry world to be this sort of elitist stuffy crowd but I'm discovering they're not which is great <laughs> um, talking to other poets there's lots of like-minded poets like me um, which is the point of this podcast so how, how have they reacted to it so with other poets that you know and
1: yeah it's been, it's been really amazing really lush like I, it, I, I sort of feel the same things you've just said in that it's not our world You know, Mm. as musicians, we sort of feel like we're um, invading into someone else's creative poetry space. Mm. (laughs) So it's been really interesting to get to know like the Bristol poetry community. And and, um, yeah, it's been a really lovely response so Mm. far. Mm. And we did have a lot of people tuning into the launch party and and events we've done after that. It's yeah, it's been really positive. And what's Mm. been great is that other people want to get involved.
0: Mm. yeah which is brilliant you must be i'm assuming i'm saying you must be you might turn around and be like no we didn't like it until now but you must be fans of poetry before this to sort of get involved are there any sort of standout poets for you guys
2: oh that's um fan of poetry definitely but uh not not read enough <laughs> or yeah. not not um yeah I, I, i'm not very good on names unfortunately because uh, yeah with uh, a lot of the poetry that we've sort of experienced has been through open mics and poetry nights in yeah. Bristol and as part of music events or, or through that so yeah that that's sort of been our introduction yeah. into poetry almost
1: yeah we um, certainly know what the guys on the Bristol scene pretty well what a lovely yeah, route, th-
0: route into poetry though if, yeah if yeah what sort of um it's only a question i ask at the end but obviously you you do play the bristol scene are there any bristol poets that you've you've seen and not worked with yet that you whose work i, sh- I should be it's a selfish question i'm asking for myself
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, <laughs> that you thought oh they're they're pretty good
1: well yeah well um beth who you interviewed last series poetry Love machine. Beth. yeah she's awesome She's awesome. Um, helen shepherd hmm is brilliant we've worked with her a lot she is um she writes beautiful honest poetry about her life as a midwife um she's brilliant and and she knows i've told her a lot (laughs) (laughs) um some of the guys we worked with at the last open collab david ralph lewis yeah philip john alex calver the bath spa poetry uni lot are brilliant Yeah,
0: the slam team and things like that are just really awesome. Mm. I feel like Bristol because I've only uh, the first time I've been to Bristol was when I went up to chat to Beth. But everything I'm hearing about it, it sounds like such a tight hub of poetry and creative minds. It Mm. sounds like sounds like I should spend a weekend up there and try and catch some uh, some open mics. Part of your promotion for the album, uh, I guess, was you were asking people what connects music and poetry and i sort of mentioned mm. at the start of the, the chat that you know there is a lyrical quality to the the words and the lines of poetry what's mm. your your take on that then because i know you've asked lots and lots of people to give you their opinion but what what do you think connects music and poetry
2: anything can i think you can put anything in between them that makes the link
0: it is a difficult question. <laughs> it is. Yeah, which...
2: That's why we've
1: asked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to know the answer. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been amazing seeing people's responses um we've had. Poets and musicians and poet musicians um respond and it's been it's been really interesting. And I think one thing that I would say is that I've learnt so much from our project in my own music making, for my own music making and for my own lyric writing. It's, you know, to not be from a poetry background, but to be writing lyrics and all the time, you know, I'm a songwriter, but I, I wouldn't say that I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't read anything without music, you know, and even my lyrics, it would just make me cringe. It's Yeah, it's, I think it's really influenced the way I write and really think a lot of the time I would write for the music
3: step yeah (laughs) do
1: you know what I mean whereas I'm I I think more lyrics first now I think Mm -hmm. and I think more I think a lot of my lyrics used to be quite on the nose this is me and like you know sort of talking about something that's happened directly in my life poetry or working with poets has helped me to be less kind of direct and therefore hopefully be more relatable because it's it's less uh lyrics are less of an individual thing
0: sense. yeah 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 (laughs) I've, I've, I think part of the reason I got into poetry at school was through people like Paul Weller, because I thought, yeah. he, you know, his lyrics, even in the jam, I thought, well, that you know, there's a poetic quality to them. Mm,
3: absolutely.
0: And I know you said to me, in in your email initially what what did i think and i've been thinking and thinking and thinking about what what it is that connects music and poetry and the only thing i can think of myself is perhaps i don't know this idea of sort of there's a there's a truth to poetry and there's a truth to to music and it's that i play guitar albeit not very well but when I do play the guitar, it, it's like you're not thinking about it; it's just coming from somewhere. There's a stream yeah, of consciousness yeah. there, and I think it's the same with poetry and writing. And during this lockdown, I've been speaking a lot. This series about this concept of uh, free writing, which is mm. where you just sort of write with for no one else, for yourself, mm. just yeah. see what comes out, and there's no editing, no going back. And that strike me is quite similar to you know jamming on on a guitar or a piano oh, yeah. or that's that's my take on it anyway
1: it's freedom yeah it's so true
2: definitely how we sort of respond when we're working with completely new poems that we've never heard before or we're hearing for the first time it is it is very much like a like it, well, like we were saying that it's a, our first thought or our first inspiration first thing that comes into mind of like an instrument that we just feel would work or or um, a field recording that i've recorded 10 years ago like just suddenly pops into my head so oh we'll play that and then that'll help build it it is it's very just like a gut reaction instinct yeah that's the one instinctive reaction to the words to the emotions to the story to the place Mm. and so much of music is that whether it's lyrical or instrumental and and i yeah i I come from a background of just like improvising on piano not necessarily any particular genre just just free playing basically i did a lot of that as a kid it is very much like, oh well, whatever is in your mind, whatever it, the emotions are, or the thoughts, or the memories are that are there, are naturally going to come out in the music, and then that's the same in in poetry as well. It's the, it's the it's just trying to capture and refine them, I guess, and that's the same the same process happens in poetry and in music and in all art of having this raw instinct, emotion, mm-hmm. or memory, or thought, or place, or whatever it is, and then either leaving it as that instinctive expression or refining it and Mm -hmm. sculpting it and and Mm. molding it into something that's finished um musical or lyrical or poetic or written or prose or whatever it is
0: yeah that is such a lovely description i think you've you've hit it on the head there yeah wow it leads me nicely into talking about your the open collaboration that that you've been doing i mean Mm. you said an instrument just pops in your head. I, I was watching that one the other day, and you said, "Oh, I'm just going to pick up a bass guitar now." And I just thought, mm-hmm. "I wish, I wish I could do that." That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a nice thing to do. I'm going to do this now. I've got this idea. I mean, I mean, talk to us about that. So this is something you're doing monthly with, with again, poets that send their stuff in.
1: Yeah. So we've started a new project for lockdown, which is a monthly live stream on YouTube called Echoes and Edges Open Collab, and we're asking poets to send in their work we will listen to it maybe once or twice in the afternoon get to know it a little bit and then play it on the live stream and just yeah as you say like grab any instrument that um we feel put it in a location in a sound world that we feel would suit it and just yeah just set (laughs) just set poems to music basically Mm -hmm. we've only done one so far and it's just been like just the most amazing experience Mm -hmm. um it was so much fun. We had uh, 11 poets from all over the world um, sending their stuff. And again, this feeling of like, they they don't know us and they've trusted us Mm. (laughs) with their work and to, you know, we could totally get this wrong, but um, I don't think we did. It was, yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. It's just amazing to keep working with people in this time of like separation Mm. and to remain creative. And, you know, people have said to us that, they weren't really writing, and then to have the um, motivation of an event coming up has made them yeah yeah write something, especially you know. Mm. So that's it's, been that's been really great.
0: It's it's nice as well in, in a time where we're all so uh, physically divided that well, you can mm. projects like this are bringing you know strangers uh, together, which is great. Yeah. There are a few names a few names I recognise. I think i have got involved with some of our writing challenges that have uh, that entered some poetry. So that was quite nice okay. to see as well and hear what you did with their ideas. How is it playing? So I was thinking about this earlier when I was sort of preparing questions. I thought, well, as musicians, you must be used to, you know, quite a loud audience. But I've seen that you go and perform some of these uh, pieces with poets live. That must be quite a contrasting audience because poetry audience, you could hear a pin drop normally has that taken some yeah. getting used to when you play these pieces live
1: yeah i guess so yeah we play as a duo quite a lot and and but then also i'm we're both in other projects and other bands mm. and so yeah it's true but there's so much you know between different bands and stuff that the audience is different every time so mm. you know I, I guess it is a lot different to playing at kind of midnight on new year's eve but um <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah god we love it we we really we like mm. a listening audience yeah it's it's a nice it's a nice contrast to some other gigs we've played mm. in the past i just find the poetry community particularly in bristol i know we've touched on this but everyone knows each other and it is a lovely little bubble of, mm. of everyone's really welcoming and and mm. really lovely and appreciative mm. and that is something that i miss you know we're doing these these live streams but I really miss audience feedback, whether that's a smile or a, yeah. you know, a, a applause or any anything, just like yeah. eye contact with yeah. <laughs> with strangers. <I> it, <laughs> there's so many.
0: There's only so many clappy emojis you can uh, fathom, really.
2: Can't yeah, you? exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's always a little bit delayed as well, just by the nature of you know, going through a streaming software mm-hmm. or something. Then it, it adds ten seconds to the delay as yeah. default, and then it's like, ah, oh, it's just it's that instant feedback is not quite there and and obviously it's, it's, there's always been really great like people s- giving us support in the chat and and yeah like you say the clap emojis or you know <laughs> just, just saying shouting out hey and woo and you know all that sort yeah. of stuff doing, doing their best and it is a, it's it's wonderful to see but it's it's um the delay really <laughs> kind of gets undermines it a little bit um, oh, yeah. i can't makes wait it... to make
1: people laugh again yeah yeah
2: yeah and <laughs> and it's it's something that you know especially charlie is such a natural stage uh, owner i guess oh, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. just just um the presence and and engagement and everything and i guess that's been one of the trickiest things going going virtual <laughs> for yeah. us but
1: but it's been so fun oh and yeah like, yeah yeah whole creating and holding this new kind of space mm. for people to come and join in and collaborate on has mm-hmm. just been yeah Sorry. I think
0: it's definitely something um, that we'll look back on in the, in the future and, uh, and actually think, Oh, that was, that was actually quite fun. Um, yeah. dif- different, but fun because yeah, uh, yeah. hopefully it's something we'll never have to experience again. What's next for the sort of poetry projects for you guys? Are you looking at doing more of the same three poets? Is this uh, sort of an idea that you're going to roll out and choose three different poets or is it something you haven't thought about
2: yet? We definitely want to do more. Um, I, I think that we've, well in our personal opinion we've sort of we feel like we've struck maybe not gold but like some some sort of precious metal with, <laughs> with open collab tin foil. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've struck tinfoil <laughs> with with the open collab idea because it even out even after lockdown is sort of lifted and we're able to go and do live events i think that the collaboration across countries and that aspect of it has is is really exciting to us and we would love to do more with that of um you know it could become a live event but still include some people that are sending in stuff from the us or elsewhere in europe or something and and to do it exactly as we have done it but in a room with a small audience as well you know and there's lots of um options that we could go obviously we're just sort of taking it as it comes for now and seeing what happens but definitely just more collaboration i think yeah yeah
1: yeah we're just loving we're just loving working with with new people and mm. and you know getting getting new interest for the yeah. for the project it's just been so much fun but we'll definitely have an album launch mm. you know once um yeah have a true. real life gig as well and um, mm. celebrate the album again, <laughs> again. yeah no <laughs> and, definitely um, yeah so that's gonna be, i think we're gonna have a busy autumn of yeah. album release and um, open collab stuff I, I'm, mm-hmm. yeah we're really we're really excited mm.
2: <laughs> that that could
0: be my excuse to come back up to bristol then see definitely oh, be awesome. ahead. so growing the bone is available online and physical cd i'm right in saying as well
1: yeah yes. we'll post yeah. it out to you no problem yeah.
0: <laughs> wicked what was the the name name i forgot to ask you about glory in the bone because it's not actually a, a track called glory in the bone is there how, how did you arrive at the name for the album
2: well it, it's the the last line of love and water which is a poem by david punter on, on the album and i think it, it just sort of came out of dis- discussions around you know what we're about and naming and um, similarly echoes and edges is, is not a, a title of uh, any of the tracks, but it, it was very much inspired by some of the words from Jilly's poem "Everything Beautiful Has Edges." Yeah, yeah, um, and
1: which is about the sea, and also yeah. then uh, we were sort of talking about the edge of you know where again where does music stop and yeah. where does poetry begin?
2: Yeah, and, um, and then "Glory in the Bone," I, I think it just sort of resonated as soon as it came up in our conversation um I mean there's, there's you know, we could look back on it and analyze how we yeah. came to the decision and all in all the ways in which it is right but it, it it was just sort of like a it came up in the conversation that we were having about all these different combinations of words that we've used throughout the poems um and it just it struck and then the next week it was still sticking in our minds and <laughs> then we decided let's let's go for that um, mm. but it, yeah it, it really it's a yeah it's a strong it's a powerful line at the end of a really powerful piece so that's sort of helped solidify it in our yeah.
0: mind I think I think it's a, it's a great title for it as well after I listened to it and, and thought about you know why perhaps it was called that glory in the bone to me almost made me think of sort of the the power of creativity that we as, as humans harbour yeah. and your album is a celebration of that in a, in a literature sense and a musical sense so I thought mm-hmm. it was very appropriate so yeah where can people find the album online uh, Instagram Twitter etc
1: our website is probably the best place echoesandedges.co.uk and you can find the links to all of our Spotify, Bandcamp all that kind of stuff Um, and then we're the same on Facebook and Instagram, Echoes and Edges.
0: And the next open collab is set for, is it the end of May?
1: Uh, 16th of May it's going to be the third Saturday of every month
0: amazing i'll make sure i chuck some links out uh, on our page as well and get involved absolutely love what you're doing i can't wait to see it for real in real life as opposed to this virtual reality but um, (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to us really enjoyable
2: thank you so much for your
1: support (laughs) speak soon
0: this episode's poetry recital obviously is going to come from the album by echoes and edges glory in the bone This track is called Love and Water, and this is the track in which the title of the
4: album takes its name from. Love and water. The clouds are piled like turrets formed of gold. The silver water slides along the quay. My morning body against your sleeping thigh. The heron darts down from the moving tree. Pale zebrafish and green and purple wrasse trace rivulets of pattern on your arm. And incandescent colourings of delight break like defeated waves upon your calm. Our love is like the water as it flows through channels to a landing place unknown. It imitates the starling as it glows and brings forth all the glory in the bone.
3: Woods are piled like turrets formed of gold, the silver water slides along the quay, my morning body against your a heron darts down from the moon fish and green and purple eyes. Trace rivulets of pattern on your arm And incandescent colorings of delight defeated way like the water as it flows through channels to a land in place unknown it imitates the starling as it glows and brings forth all the glory in the bone all the glory in the bone
0: Now, as you've heard in the previous episodes, I've talked at the end of each episode about our weekly writing challenges that we're running over on our social media. One of our previous winners, the winner of week three, Sonia Burns, kindly sent us in an audio recording of her winning entry, Blues for Tyson Fury. So you lucky listeners, we've got not one, but two poetry recitals this episode. Here's Sonia Burns reciting her winning entry, Blues for Tyson Fury.
1: When shall we eat? I've ordered in, says Tyson Fury with a grin. The gutter press seem quite amused and obviously think it's news he's spent so much on chicken wings. Forgetting greed's a deadly sin. Three million now, without food, and appetite's a lot to lose. When will they eat? A boxer needs to be thick-skinned to learn to take it on the chin, but closing food banks is abuse and hunger leaves an ugly bruise. There's children going through the bin. What will
2: they eat?
0: As we're all stuck indoors, we've upped our social media game and we've been overwhelmed with the responses we've had so far. So, thank you to all of you that get involved weekly. We've got our weekly writing challenges happening in which you could be the lucky winner of one of our coveted People's Poetry Podcast badges, as well as our poem of the week for you to read too. A massive thank you, as always, to you at home for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, please do share it with a friend. You can find us on Instagram at People's Poetry Podcast, over on Twitter at People underscore poetry. you can find us on Facebook, People's Poetry Podcast. I'm on Twitter, JBO, that's JBO, Penn's Poems. And you can email us if you want to get involved with the show, if you're a poet yourself and you'd like to sit down and chat, or if social media just don't cut the mustard and you want to get in touch, it's people's poetry podcast at hotmail.com.